As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. On a Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. Live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. Radio, TV, social media, whatever it is. J-Mac, I drove into work this morning. Last night, it was cool this morning. Last night, it was perfect. Made me feel like I was back in the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast. Love that cool weather at night. Lit a cigar. Sat back there. Not, not lonely. I was alone. Very pensive. Wait, wait, thought no. about sports and where we're going, and it, has, it felt like the beginning of football. Now, I know it's going to get warmer in Southern California, July and August, but it, the weather's making me feel like it's football season. Look at you dropping SAT vocabulary words. Pensive. Yeah. On a Wednesday morning and early. poignant. And talking about a cigar. <laughs> Jeez, what a night that was. It was. So, um, interesting story. Star receiver Stephon DeViggs, Buffalo Bills, very, very unhappy. Why? Something I've been on for a long time. So three years ago, all of us sort of believed the AFC was going to be Mahomes and Josh Allen. It was going to be Brady and Manning. We, we found our guys. They're unbelievable. And then two years ago, we added another, Joe Burrow. Like, well, this, this, this kid's good. So we found our Brady, Manning, and Big Ben. The AFC is going to go through three guys. Three-star quarterbacks, like it did Brady, Manning, Big Ben. It's going to be Mahomes, Josh Allen, and this emerging stud, Joe Burrow. And where are we today? Well, last time we checked on Patrick Mahomes, three Super Bowl appearances, one, two, rebuilt the wide receiver group in the offensive line, did his offensive head coach. He's happy he's winning. 
He's got that offensive coach and support system. Mahomes is everything we thought he would be. Let's check in with Joe Burrow, also has an offensive coach. He's been to a Super Bowl. They rebuilt their offensive line. And lots of weapons. He's winning, not beating Mahomes in the big one, but winning and very happy. And where is Josh Allen with a rigid defensive coach? Fifth year, can't get the offensive line right. Last year, if you took out Josh Allen rushing yards, still a crappy run game, 24th. Josh Allen's running too much, getting hit too much. Now the star receiver is unhappy and they can't develop a second receiver. Gosh, I wonder what it could be. The defensive, rigid, conservative head coach, Sean McDermott. These guys are tone deaf. Belichick puts a defensive coordinator at OC with Mac Jones. Mike Tomlin, five years. O-line still stinks. Sean McDermott is the issue. Pro Football Focus did a preseason offensive line ranking. That's sort of an important position. Protect your star quarterback. Seven of the eight top O-lines. Offensive head coaches. Seven of eight. By the way... Pro Football Focus has the most improved offensive line in the offseason. One of two, Sean Payton, offensive coach. Fixed it in three months. Sean McDermott can't fix it in five years. What did he do this offseason? Went and signed another defensive lineman and gave Ed Oliver a very expensive extension. I watched Sean McDermott get outcoached by Mike McDaniel of Miami three times last year. One time he beat him, another time to a loss to walk off field goal, and Skylar Thompson in Buffalo, cold, chilly weather, took Josh Allen to the wire. That's embarrassing. There's another defensive coach. He's young. He's got promise. D'Amico Ryan's Houston Texans. You see the story today? He's going to have an open quarterback competition. What, you just drafted C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Davis Mills tied for the NFL lead in interceptions. He's 5-19-1. He's not the guy. Give C.J. Stroud every snap today until the season starts. That's what offensive coach Frank Reich announced last week. Yeah, Bryce Young's the guy. Remove controversy, remove media questions, all D'Amico Ryans is doing is begging for the Houston media, ask, point, questions, doubt, who's the guy. The offensive coach gets it. The defensive coach is tone deaf. Davis Mills, really? That's, that's the future? So when I see that uh, Stephon Diggs is unhappy, Andy Reid doesn't have these problems, Zach Taylor doesn't have these problems, Sean McVay doesn't have these problems. And by the way, Kyle Shanahan, offensive coach, when Debo got unhappy for about an hour and a half, fixed it, immediately done, paid him, happy. Sean McDermott, last chance. He's the issue. Watched him get out coached by Mike McDaniel three times. You can't lose to Miami if you have Josh Allen. Can't. Not against Skylar Thompson. Got a win going away. Not against Tua. Got a win going away. It's a quarterback mismatch. Size, strength, mobility, arm strength. Got a win going away. All right, so I saw this was interesting. So Bill Simmons' podcast had Doc Rivers on it. And I had said during the season that the MVP vote 
was more of an anti-Jokic vote. He'd won two straight. Nobody wanted to give him a third. Then it was a pro-Embiid vote. There was no reason, no reason you could say Embiid was more valuable. His team had a winning record when he didn't play. The net rating was like plus seven when he didn't play. Denver's net rating when Jokic doesn't play is minus five. It's a double-digit swing. Isn't that the definition of valuable? Doc Rivers, talking to Bill Simmons, now he's no longer the Sixers coach, he loves Joel Embiid, but listen to these comments. Number one, he has to be healthy in the playoffs, you know, and this was the healthiest, but he still wasn't 100%. Then number two for, for Joe is he's got to make all his players better in the playoffs, and he has the ability. Now, I stayed on him daily. He's just got to do that on a consistent basis, not just on the court, but also off the court. And so fighting that early on when I first got there was huge. Joe, you need to play tonight. Joe, you can play tonight. Now he's up in games. And so he's, he's crossed that barrier. The next one will be making his teammates better. So Doc Rivers had to talk Embiid into playing on certain nights. And he says he's hopeful, even though he's gone, that he can eventually consistently make his teammates better. And that's your MVP. It was an anti-Jokic vote. He's not nearly as valuable as Jokic. Uh, and I said this before the long Denver playoff run. The MVP vote has become the MIP vote. Most interesting person. Embiid is more interesting. Maybe the NBA season is so long that writers need to be entertained. They're looking for stories and narratives they can put their arms around. But Russell Westbrook's never been the most valuable anything. He's just talented. But KD bailed on him, so he was the most interesting player. James Harden's quirky, fashionable, had the step back. It's never made anybody significantly better, but he was the most interesting player in the league. And Embiid is interesting. He's funny. He's very social. He's, you know, he's, he's hard not to like. But he's not more valuable. I know, I know, I know, you know. Colin, can't count the playoffs. This is a regular season award. I know. I looked it up. The Sixers without Embiid were 11-5. and five. They were better when he was off the floor. The net rating was plus seven. The Nuggets were a disaster when Jokic didn't play well. And here's the thing, pivoting to the playoffs, Jokic always plays well. He's always available. He had 20 playoff games. They went 16-4. and four. He didn't have a clunker. I mean, there was one game he got into foul trouble. He didn't have a clunker. He's more durable. He's more analytically superior. He makes players better. Doc Rivers acknowledging. You know, I, I had to tell Embiid, you got to play tonight. You think anybody has that discussion with Jokic? <laughs> he has to consistently make everybody better. Jokic does. Like, I understand that Embiid is more interesting. And I also understand it's a regular season award. But let's be honest right now. Jokic is the best basketball player in the world. Embiid, when he's playing, we watch this during the playoffs. A lot of times his team stands around and watches him dribble. Like, I like Embiid, but there was an argument that really the MVP, if not Jokic, was Giannis. He was the number one seed. He, for a player that played at least 50 games, had the highest win-loss percentage record. You could argue 
It was Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, or Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. But the MVP has become the MIP. And Embiid, I'll say this, is very interesting and very likable and very funny and very talented. But I thought those comments by Doc Rivers to Bill Simmons, kind of eye-opening. I know, I know, it's a regular season award. I know. Look at the net rating. Look at the win-loss record when he didn't play. Look at the elevation of others. It felt like it was an anti-Jokic vote. And by the way, nobody hates Jokic. That's, that's a silly narrative. Nobody hates Jokic. He's not the most fascinating player. But nobody hate David Robinson wasn't fascinating. Duncan wasn't fascinating. Nobody hated Tim Duncan. When I hear that, oh, Americans, they don't embrace. No, no, no. I saw the ratings for the NBA playoffs. They were the highest in five years. I saw the ratings for the finals, a tick below the dynastic Warriors and the Celtics, huge brand. So people like watching Jokic. His game's got a little garbage element to it, a lot of putbacks and long and not dynamic. Nobody hates Jokic. That, that's just outright. You don't win the MVP twice if people hate you. His game is not the most flamboyant. He looked weird at the All-Star game. Like he literally didn't fit at the All-Star game. That's okay. Not every great player does. I grew up with Jack Sigma, very good player. Many of you in the Northwest still lives up there. Great basketball player. All-star qualities. Would have been ter- would never have fit into an all-star game. Dr. J, they built it for him. Magic, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Embiid. There are certain guys they built the all-star game for. Nobody hates Jokic, but he is unquestionably the most valuable player in the league. Regular season, postseason, it's not necessarily close. Nobody has to talk him into playing. Nobody has to hope he elevates others. J-Mac, starting strong here on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the person pushing this hate Jokic agenda, former yeah. teammate of yours, is really out, out of bounds here. You know what it is? Is that people really like Joel Embiid. Yes. Why? Because of the personality, funny. the talk, the social media. He's they great. like Embiid. They don't hate Jokic. He's just, he's not on social media. He's... He's not in the discussion. Yeah, well, he doesn't have juice. You yeah, know? I, I don't. There are people in this league that that have been. Uh, I mean, LeBron is polarizing. Of course, Jokic isn't polarizing. He can be uninteresting if you like a dynamic, uh, a vertical. I mean, there's no question of all the bigs in the league right now. For the record, Kareem was stoic. Kareem wasn't. He was a brilliant guy, academic. But Kareem was kind of a stoic, prickly personality. Shaq was a riot. Shaq yeah. is funny. Shaq's on TV. Shaq was in movies. But it didn't mean people hated yes. Kareem. It just, he didn't draw you. Duncan was the same thing. So, but th- th- this idea, like the MVP, it's like, take, take the votes away. I mean, let's be honest about this. When Doc Rivers knows oh. Embiid, he's giving you a little behind the curtain. Yeah. Hey, Joel, you got to play tonight. That's not a discussion they're having yeah. in Denver. This guy wants to literally so much about team. When they asked him about the MVP, he's like, I want to buy another horse. I want to go to my homeland. It's like he's just into family and team and winning, and that's all it is. By the way, this is not an anti-Embiid rant. It's a pro-Jokic yes. rant. Yeah. This, I, I think Embiid's a riot. I think he's really good. I think I would have voted him second or third. I, I wasn't outraged when Embiid won. He had a good year. He had to deal with the Ben Simmons nonsense, yeah. the James Harden stuff. Like It's not been an easy yeah. road for him, and I understand people who like Embiid. A hey, quick word on the Bills, Colin. So they underwhelmed at the end of last year losing in the playoffs, and now they've got the Stephon Diggs drama. 
There's some speculation that the head coach is on the hot seat. I want to see how this team deals with some adversity. We haven't seen this. This team's been up, 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 and away the last three years. First real adversity here. Let's see what happens to Buffalo. Out of the gate with my Jets on Monday Night Football. Where's that game at? Why Jets are at home. The line has come down. It was three. Now it's one and a half. Buffalo favored on the road. They can't get their own line right. That's why the Jets played him tough oh, last Stephon, year. The Stephon Diggs situation is very real. He showed up at the facility, was there, and then said, I'm not going. I'm not going to practice. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 that's not my team. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-367. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. College basketball has expanded their March Madness. More teams in now than ever for years, and people still grumble about seeding and one or two teams not getting in. College football is going to a 12-team playoff here in a couple of years. I can't wait for it, uh, but it's not going to eliminate the grumbling. Somebody's going to, and I can already tell you where the grumbling is going to happen. So the story yesterday that came out, the SEC, College Football Powerhouse Conference in the South, and the Big Ten smack dab in the middle of the country, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, um, each top $2 billion in athletic department revenue. Blew away the ACC, the Pac-12, uh, the Big 12, blew them away. And I have no problem in any 
part of life. It could be law. It could be entertainment. If you want it more and you work harder, you should make more. You may have to pay more in taxes, but I believe in rewarding people who are more committed, sacrifice more, and work harder. You do deserve more money. Again, tax system, argue it all you want. But the Big Ten was already a big breadwinner. One or two, back and forth, big money. And yet they were actively recruiting USC and UCLA. They already had Michigan, Penn State, big money programs, Ohio State, Wisconsin, actively recruiting them. The SEC was king, and they actively recruited Texas and Oklahoma. The Big 12, ACC, and Pac-12, asleep at the wheel, have nobody to blame but themselves. The biggest, best companies don't rest on their laurels. Apple did not create the iPhone and say, we're done here. Same with Amazon. The Pac-12 hired a commissioner years ago with no college football resume. It was littered with tennis. Larry Scott, shocker, he didn't understand the value of college football. At least our tennis programs out here got good. Give me a break. When we go to a 12-team playoff, you know, you know the media is going to ask for small schools to get in and get Cincinnati and Boise State and TCU and... uh, I got no problem with six of the 12 coming from the Big Ten and the SEC, some years seven. They're more committed. They're more aggressive. They've got better facilities. They recruit better. Why would I have a problem with it? Why should there be equal representation when there isn't equal commitment, equal vision, equal players, equal talent? I watch Michigan's recruiting class. Have you seen USC's in the last year? Ohio State, USC got another commitment this morning. I see Alabama's, Georgia's, LSU's, Texas. They should have half the teams in. Go look at their revenue. So you can see the argument coming and the complaining coming. And I can tell you right now, the media is going to want like, okay, two Big Ten teams and maybe two, no, half the field should be SEC and Big Ten. There's a reason they have the best recruiting classes. There is a reason. They're more committed. They got better vision, better facilities, turn out more NFL players. And by the way, the Big Ten and the SEC were already making the most money. And they were actively recruiting football powers. Texas here, Oklahoma, USC. I see this. I've heard this argument for years. Well, you know, the the SEC has those 100,000-seat stadiums. So does the Big Ten. Pac-12 struggles to fill 58,000-seat stadiums. You give them 100,000, they look like a Cleveland Indians baseball game in April. Nobody would be there. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. The gap in competency in any business is usually greater than people think. Uh, You know, I mean, there's a reason why for years and years and years, pro athletes were all going to one doctor in Alabama, James Andrews, for a knee, elbow, and shoulder surgeries. It was like 75% of the athletes were going to one surgeon in the country. Uh, There's a reason that when you see a plane crash, 98% of the time it's pilot error, and yet Sully Sullenberger can land on the Hudson. I've had 20 dentists in my life. It took me until I found my 20th to find a great dentist. There is a gap in competency and excellence in the country. And so that's why the easiest team this year if not double their win total, that will look completely different from last year is the Denver Broncos. They were so poorly coached. They were worst in the league 
under Nathaniel Hackett in third down conversions. Worst. And they have good offensive players. They were terrible in situational football. Couldn't manage the clock. They had three overtime losses. They played in more close one-score games, do you know this, than all but one other NFL team, 13. They were close. And they had a coach that was completely over his skis. So now they go from that. I mean, the gap between Sean Payton and most coaches is big. The gap between Sean Payton and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan and a guy that's really a coordinator and not a coach is the Grand Canyon. And so, I mean, just look at what Brian Dable in six months did to Daniel Jones. He got him a $40 million contract. We entered the season not thinking he was a starter. Look what Sean McVay did years ago to Jared Goff. A complete bust to beat Patrick Mahomes Monday night, toe-to-toe, gets to a Super Bowl. Look what Kyle Shanahan did to Brock Purdy. Last player drafted 7-0. The gap in competency between a pilot, a dentist, a surgeon, again, coaching pro football is enormous. We, We just saw it in the NBA playoffs where Eric Spolstra and Joe Mazzula, Spolstra won three of those games. I mean, that's the coach of the Boston Celtics. So Peyton's as smart as any football coach I've ever sat down with. Uh, again, his understanding of detail. Cortland Sutton's a talented receiver for the Broncos. He talked about his first OTA with Sean Payton. Everything to him is, is, is very intricate. You know, it's, there's, there's a reason, a rhyme and a reason to everything that he's doing. And um, for us to be working on situational football as in-depth as we are in OTAs is amazing. You know, it shows, it shows us that, you know, he understands and knows, you know, what to expect when we get into these games. There aren't any, there, there's going to be no waiver. There's going to be no question marks. Everyone understands that, you know, he knows what he knows what he's doing. So they would be, they won five games last year. They would be the easiest bet in the NFL to double your win total. So every year there's a team that, if not double their win total, they had about 70%, you know, they, they, they get close. Last year my pick was the Minnesota Vikings. It was an easy one. They went from a defensive coach to an offensive coach uh, that would elevate Kirk Cousins. And they had lost so many one-score games the year before. I said if they win half, they're going to be a 12-win team. And they ended up, Vikings were a team that nearly doubled their win total. So Denver's the easiest bet in the league to double their win total. Although 10 wins in that division, Mahomes twice, Justin Herbert twice, is asking a lot. I think they're a nine-win team, then closer to an 11-win team. But if you go, if you really go, they're the Minnesota Vikings of last year. If you go look at Denver, three overtime losses. That's hard to do with a with a even with a bad coach. Uh, worst third down conversion team in the league. That's hard to do with Russell Wilson. Uh, they were so bad with the clock from the first week in Seattle on. Terrible with it. And, you know, here's the other thing. What was the first thing Sean Payton did? He just fixed the offensive line. So where you're going to see the improvement, the offensive line will be significantly better. They will be much better in situational football. And I think what you'll see, and Sean and I had talked about this before he took the job, watch Russell Wilson get back to playing some football on grass, basketball on grass, running around, being instinctive, leaning into what he truly is. So the Broncos offseason, they went and got a star receiver, an offensive tackle, a guard, and a couple of pass rushers. So I think J-Mac and I have disagreements. This is one we're aligned, which is Denver is going to make 
a significant double your win total improvement. The only thing getting in their way is the Chiefs and Herbert with the Chargers. We agree on that. We both think they'll be significantly better. Yeah, yeah, they'll be better. Now, now, we should have a second improved team. Mine is Houston. You don't buy it, but I think Houston's going to improve dramatically. I was just on social media, and I saw C.J. Stroud throw a pick six at practice today, Cowherd. I was going to bring it up to you, but I was, I was just one First pass. of all, the coverage but, was excellent. <laughs> Here's my thought. If you're raising the Broncos by five wins, who is falling down a peg or two in the AFC? Somebody has to. Um, that's the challenge, right? It's not. E- we don't Buffalo, pick the Chargers. Buffalo. Oh, Miami. No, I like you're Miami. falling into the Vic Fonzie. No, I, I, I would say um, who is falling down. I would say there, there are teams there that I like. I don't Bengals, know. Ravens. I wouldn't say fought. Ravens is is. To your point, if somebody's doubling their wins, where do the wins come from? I don't think Buffalo will be as dynamic. I think they have a Sean McDermott issue. Maybe Baltimore. an eleven win team instead of thirteen. How many? Eleven instead of thirteen. Ten. Yeah, I mean because the Jets wins. are coming up too. <laughs> Got the Jets into the first hour, baby. Hey, if Garoppolo gets hurt, oh, Raiders are going to be bad. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. It's the Book of Joe podcast. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Yeah, well, there are no boundaries, right? Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's the Herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code heard once again, new customers, bet five and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, code heard, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yesterday, Nick Wright came on and he made a point which I agree with, and I think it's right. That one game and one moment or one series can change your legacy. Now, we know this in UFC or boxing. Years ago, the biggest, most dramatic fight I've ever seen in my life, I didn't see it live, I saw it on tape, was the great Muhammad Ali against George Foreman. They fought in Zaire. And Ali employed a strategy that nobody would ever seen. Foreman was a big Mike Tyson-level knockout guy. And Ali went against the ropes. They called it rope-a-dope. And he just took punches from Foreman. And Foreman tired himself out, and Ollie knocked him out. It was called Rope-A-Dope. It would have been called What-A-Dope if Ollie didn't get the knockout. The strategy would have been seen as insane and foolish because Ollie was so gifted. But it's Rope-A-Dope, not What-A-Dope, because he got the knockout. And that's the truth. We know in swimming, nobody cares about silver. In UFC, nobody cares who almost won the fight. But in team sports, we struggle with this. That like Jokic is viewed differently now because of like that final and hammering AD, shrinking LeBron James. And Nick Wright talked about this. 24 hours ago, Nikola Jokic was not an all-time great. Now he is undeniably. That's how it works in this league. And those of us that said we need to see him do it over two months in the playoffs because James Harden's have existed in the NBA forever. Guys who are unbelievable in the regular season and then come the postseason either can't last or go backwards or the moment gets to them. I needed to see it. I need a ring. I need a trophy. I need an exclamation point. Now you get players like Dan Marino and Barkley who are so notable and gifted and dynamic, it's understood they're an all-time great with or without a title. But they would have been even greater with a title. But the sentences in sports need an exclamation point. We know it in swimming, boxing, UFC. But it's the same. If Patrick Mahomes wasn't winning these Super Bowls, Peyton Manning struggled early in big games. The legend grew when he won one in Indy and then one in Denver. It's different. The NBA is in such a rush to replace LeBron James. They've been trying it with multiple players. Sometimes they've paid hundreds of millions to Luka, who can't get along with a teammate, John Morant, who can't figure out life, and Zion, who barely plays. They've got their LeBron, although he's fractionally not close to what LeBron has achieved. He's a second-rounder, not very verbal, really into elevating teammates like Magic, Bill Russell, and LeBron, and that's his secret sauce, not just him but others. But yes, it does matter. 
like winning the silver, losing the close fight is understood in individual sports. But it matters in team sports. Yes, of course, I view right now, this morning, Jokic differently. I knew he was an MVP, but you gave Harden one. You gave Westbrook one. MVP is one thing. It's become most interesting player. It's not really an MVP award. I mean, like the NBA, the coach of the year gets fired two years later. Like, bank on it. So I, uh, I think it's okay. I think, I think Nick Wright was right on that. Like, you needed to watch this playoff run in that final where he shrinks AD. He shrinks Jimmy Butler. He takes stars out of the game, and you go, okay, it's in the moment. I said this about Denver all year. I don't, what are they? I, I don't know if I trust them. I saw the early 2000 Kings. I saw the Steve Nash Suns. I saw the KD Westbrook Thunder. I didn't anoint them. The NBA is so quick to anoint everybody the next blank, and they do it way too fast. I needed this from Jokic. If they, if they go to the finals and, and Jokic is awful, I don't think about him today the same way because he doesn't have Dan Marino's natural gifts. He's a second-round player. He's evolved over time into a wildly productive guy. He's not jumping over people. He's not Shaq. I remember one time I was, uh, I was with Jerry Tarkanian, the late Jerry Tarkanian, and uh, we were at the Shark Club. It was a, a, he put his name on a club to get a percentage of it. He didn't own it. And we were sitting there having a beer one time. It was the offseason. And I asked him, like, who's the next great player? And Shaq was like a freshman at LSU. I think he was a freshman. He's like, Dale Brown's got a guy named Shaq. He's the greatest center in the history of the world. I didn't even watch Jokic for two years. <laughs> Nobody did outside of Denver. So he's a slow growth story, but the, the league tends to be in a hurry to anoint the next player, and it usually takes a while. LeBron's rare. We knew at 15. That, that's not the way. It, I remember when Magic Johnson came into the league, and people were like, he can't shoot. <laughs> he can't shoot a jumper. I remember reading in Sports Illustrated when Larry Bird came out. I don't know if I trust them in big spots. Indiana State, sometimes he, I, I remember reading the article. So it's like Jokic is like that times four. Like second round, doesn't talk. Abroad. There you go. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The two writers who have covered baseball in my life on a daily basis that take me to places, make me think about stuff more than any other, Peter Gammons and Tom Verducci. We love having Tom on, four-time Emmy winner, Fox Sports baseball analyst. Covered the sport for more than 30 years, which is impossible because he looks 32 years old. He must have covered it when he was an infant. Okay, let's start with this. I watched some Yankees last night and the Mets. And the Mets last year were fun, but as the course extended, they didn't have enough sticks. It was Pete Alonzo and a lot of nothing, right? So they go spend money, and they're still struggling. And Buck Showalter was a genius last year. Now it's nothing but grumbling. He looked, he looked exhausted as I've watched him over the last couple weeks. What is wrong with the Mets? Because payroll to wins and momentum, it's not working. What's the issue? Yeah, to me, you mentioned the payroll. That's why the Mets are the most disappointing team in baseball. To be almost 40% of the way through the season, and they're, what, five, six games under five hundred. The biggest thing, among many problems, but I think the biggest thing, Colin, is their starting pitching. This team is built to win on starting pitching, the investments in Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, the offense, I think they knew, wasn't going to be an offense that's going to slug a lot. Uh, it should be better than it is, but there's not a lot of slug in the lineup. There's not a lot of left-handed power. 
But getting back to the pitching here, it just has not been as good as the Mets expected. And it's interesting, Colin, when you look around the game and the new rule changes with the pitch timer, you know, the bases that encourage more stolen bases, the lack of shifts on defense, all those things are designed to play up speed and athleticism. The Mets are not that kind of team. Yeah. If you look at the teams that have really popped this year, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Tampa Bay, younger, speedier, more athletic, older teams, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Mets, Padres, haven't adjusted to the new game as much. So I think yeah. kind of a combination of the, just the pitching hasn't been good enough and some of the new rules that this is not a, it's not a very good team right now. I'm not sure how they pull out of it because their pitching is older. You can't run... Verlander and Scherzer out there every fifth day. They need recovery days. Yeah. Senga, same thing. He's transitioning from Japan. He pitched once a week there. He can't pitch every fifth day, and they just don't have any young pitchers coming up to really provide depth. So, listen, the Yankees have a certain standard, and um, they haven't won a World Series in a while, so people grumble. But that doesn't mean fans are wrong. And uh, I saw, I was, uh, I don't even know whose Twitter feed I was reading, but a Yankee fan brought up a good point. Uh, on social media, and it, it really made me think. He said, when's the last time the Yankees drafted and developed a high-end starting pitcher? And I, and I was sitting there on Twitter, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to Google this. I'm just going to guess. And I asked you during the break, and you nailed it, <laughs> Andy Pettit. But so when I think of that, I see the Braves develop. I see the Dodgers. Walker Bueller got hurt, but he was very good. I've seen... I've seen a lot of teams do this. Is it a fair critique of the Yankees? Is that with the excess money, they've been sloppy, impatient, and have not developed enough of their own great pitching? Well, I don't know about sloppy, but definitely impatient. So when you want to fold in some young pitching, you have to be patient sometimes. Guys don't hit right away. Like Clark Schmidt could be a good major league pitcher. He's not there yet. But as you know, it's always win now in the Yankee universe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you mentioned that Braves and the Dodgers, I think those are good examples, Colin, because the Yankee defense is, hey, we're not drafting at the top of the draft every year. Well, <laughs> neither are the Dodgers and the Braves, and they just seem to have an assembly line of young pitchers coming up and do well. Yep. So, you know, they've done well with Severino on the international market. He's an impact pitcher when he's been healthy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a fair criticism that they haven't been able to pop those real, even a number two or three starter that's homegrown out of the draft. So the, 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 the surprise, as I looked at the standings the other day, J-Mac and I were talking about the standings, why is Arizona good? I, I mean, I now the Padres spent money. The Dodgers spend money. What's, why is Arizona so viable? Uh, Corbin Carroll is just an amazing impact player right out of the gate here. He's probably going to be the National League Rookie of the Year. He's the runaway leader at this point. He's a difference maker, uh, a speed player with a lot more power than some people thought. Um, he's just a joy to watch. When he gets on base, it's just exciting. He's an extra base machine. He's got kind of an old school swing where he puts the ball in play, runs things down in center field. A lot of energy. And when you watch Arizona play, Colin, that's that's the word that fits them. That a lot of energy. They put the ball in play. Uh, they don't strike out a lot. And the biggest difference... Uh, kind of an inside baseball here is their bullpen they had a historically bad bullpen the last couple of years they didn't spend a lot of money Colin uh, guys like Miguel Castro have stepped in Andrew Chafin you know not big time names but they've popped a lot of bullpen guys now so that's been the difference between uh, last year's Diamondbacks who gave away a lot of games late 
and this year where they're holding on to the wins they should have. So Mike Trout's in a slump. Angels still okay. Otani, many believe the Dodgers pulled back a little on salary this year. They let a couple guys go. Uh, Kershaw, one-year deal. They're going to go get Otani. Um, when I look at the Dodgers, I feel like Kershaw's still, it's amazing to me that Kershaw's still good. Like he's still, the dude has been, it's forever. Um, you know, it's funny because the comps to him initially were Koufax, who was brilliant briefly. Kershaw's just good, seemingly forever, like Verlander, just keeps churning out. But when you look at the Dodgers, they pulled back a little this year. Again, keep money in the coffers for Otani. Are they a, are they a championship-level team in the bullpen starting pitching? Not there yet, Colin. This is going to be a grind for the Dodgers. Um, it's going to be a fight to the finish with Arizona. I truly believe that. Neither team is going to run away. Uh, the Dodgers have the better schedule at the end of the year if you want to look that far down the line. But, you know, part of it, yes, you're right, was pulling back on the payroll. Make sure there's room for Otani. They've wanted to sign Shohei since he was in high school. And they thought they actually had him coming out of high school. But obviously, he, he chose to stay there in Japan and play professionally for a while. But the Dodgers have a lot of young players that are folding into the mix here. And if you've seen Bobby Miller pitch the last few starts for the Dodgers, he can be an impact pitcher. Uh, they really need Julio Reyes to get back off the IL. He's been out a little bit longer than they thought with the hamstring. But it's, they're kind of mixing and matching and figuring out how the bullpen works, um, whether Miller is going to be that guy for the rest of the year, the rotation to solidify things. So it's going. It's a work in progress is the best way to put it. Talent level is still enormous. Yeah. I, I still think this team is going to be at a championship level, but they're still figuring out who they are as a team. I wouldn't bet against them. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, Colin, with so many teams in the race this year, there's going to be a small inventory of difference makers on the trade market. So I think a lot of your answers might have to come from the minor leagues yeah. um, because there's not going to be a lot out there and the prices are going to be really, really high next month. Finally, uh, Tom Verducci joining us. Um, so my, I sat next to a minor league GM um, before the season started for, what did I tell you that was, J-Mac? It was the Squirrels. It was like the Richmond Squirrels or something. Very interesting guy. And we talked about minor league baseball had used the, the pitch clock. And he said it, it speeds us up 15 minutes a game. Well, baseball, it's, it's, I think the average game is like 235. It's sped it up like 25 minutes a game, which is kind of surprising to me, Tom, because I thought – There'd be a lot of pushback, but there I haven't seen players pushing back. So explain to me, are you surprised that guys have kind of embraced it? I am really surprised, especially I thought there'd be a transition. You know, if you think back to when they changed the no collision rule at home plate or the slide rule at second base, there was like a month or two of players just carping about, the, oh, I can't play this way. I thought the same thing was going to happen with the pitch timer, and it hasn't happened. Now, they did have spring training to sort of get used to it, but we all, that's the dress rehearsal. That's not, you know, under the Broadway lights. Uh, but in real time, I think they've really grown to love it very quickly. I think a big part of it is <laughs> there's the recovery time for players. They're on their feet, you know, a half hour less per night yeah. times 162 games a year. Yeah. So as a fan, you got to love it. I think it's the best thing to happen since – you know those soft serve ice cream and a plastic souvenir batting cup at the ballpark? <laughs> Whoever came up with that should be in the Hall of Fame. I think yes. it's the best thing that happened since then. That's a good point. Everybody likes that.
Um, Tom Verducci, Fox Sports, co-authored with Joe Torre, the New York Times bestseller of the Yankee Years. Listen to the Book of Joe iHeart podcast with Joe Madden and Tom Verducci, as always, my friend. He says he's covered baseball more than 30 years. I'm going to ask this. I don't care if it's embarrassing. How old are you? <laughs> How old are you? It's actually been, this is, uh, if I can remember right, 41 years covering. So I'm 62 now. You're not 62 years old. You're 62 years I old. I am. I'll be 63. That is the most discouraging thing I've ever heard. I am, look, I can never, look, look at Tom Verducci. You and Bob Costas, it's just discouraging. You never age. Tom, it's great seeing you. Hey, man, always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. All right. So good at what he does, Tom Verducci. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a long, long time. Heritage. Tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Decovis. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Decovis will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of 100 bucks at Decovis.com. Just use the code HERD at checkout. All you got to do, H-E-R-D. That's H-E-R-D at Decovis.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. 